Mark. This is going up and down for me. <laughs> it's going up and down for me. We were just up. <laughs> now we're going, we're clicking down. We're clicking down. So I went through a lot of emotions with this book. Um, sure. <laughs> so quick synopsis. Uh, Another relaunch episode. I don't, I don't even know anymore. I've lost uh, all track of like time, numbers, everything. It is just like completely out of mind. Yeah. Time. It's what a, is time? What? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing this week, LZ? I am. I'm surviving. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm doing all right. I've been catching up on a lot of my old comic books. You know, okay. like I think I had talked oh, about this before, where I had all these older issues of books, um, mm-hmm. like all of my fave characters, like there are a lot of their older stuff I had never really read before, yeah. um, or like an issue or two. So I like made this whole timeline of books, and I made it through. I made it through the eighties. Iconic time. Who doesn't wow. love the eighties? Wow. Who doesn't <laughs> love the eighties? It's everything. It's everything. Yo, the comics in the 80s were litty. <laughs> like they were, yes, they were, like they were giving, top tier. It's another level. level. It's another level. Yes, yes. And um, I have to say, the West Coast Avengers, for me, are way more interesting than the regular You Avengers. know, so I've been waiting to, like, have these type of conversations with you. And I'm so glad <laughs> that you are, like, getting into all of your older comic books now. Because now we can, like, really get into, like, the good characters who I know you've been missing out on. Especially my street-level girls. Who you've always yeah. tried to like, who you've always uh, tried are, to like. They are present. <laughs> they are there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I, I, well, as you get in, we're de- we might have to do like a reread of an arc or two of that. For yes. sure. So we can have everybody experience that. Right because um, also like there are a lot more characters around this time with superpowers. And you know, I've been missing that lately. <laughs> lately. <laughs> so yeah. that's been great. I'm up to like, um, issue like 64, 65 of West Coast okay. Avengers. And, um, the Wonder Man living lightning relationship is way more interesting than the Wonder Man <laughs> beast relationship. <laughs> they like connect on like this whole, oh, I'm like, I don't know what I am thing, like because mm-hmm. I'm energy and it's, it's way more interesting than yeah. the Batman stuff with Beast. Although I do like the kind of turn that his relationship with Beast kind of took recently because, you know, Beast is Beast. <laughs> and Wonder okay. Man is like, I don't know if I really agree with you. So that's been interesting. But yeah, I'm. I'm thriving. Living okay. Content, kicking it. Okay. I love it. I'm here for it. Well, since you've been doing all your old comic books, let's go ahead and get into the new ones that came out this week. Now, I know you didn't read this, so I'm not even going to like ask your opinion on it, but I had to read something new this week, and that was Action Comics. Oh, oh, you know I didn't read that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, so you know, um, I remember, I think we talked about this, like they have the Midnighter back up in it now. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I had to pick it up for that. Um, it is written by Philip. Apo- I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so it's written by Philip Kennedy. 
with art by Phil Hester. So the story was actually really kind of nice. It was John and Superman, like basically out in space, um, fighting off some aliens. So for those who don't know, I mean, I really didn't know too much about it until I actually read the issue. But John Kent is Superman's son, and he was recently in the future with the Legion of Superheroes. And so I guess he's now back in the present time. And so he and Superman are like out kind of like having this hero dad son relationship, fighting off monsters and aliens and stuff in space. And so the monster that they go and fight, apparently John already knows that this is the alien that kills Superman. Oh. And so like so like Superman gets hurt in the battle and John's like all worried. He doesn't know what to do. And Superman's basically like what's wrong and john's like you're going to die like it's in all of the history books i already know i've seen it blah 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 but superman is like look you don't know that's gonna happen for sure so they fight and john basically kind of like takes over so superman doesn't have to do a lot of the work and so superman talks about how you know he once saw his dad fall off a ladder and all kids go through this moment where they think their parents are invincible and all of this stuff like that. And it's like, you kind of have to come to terms, like something's going to happen to me one day. However, like you have to continue on. And like, it was a nice moment, especially I don't, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, just watching, having watched Invincible Mm. and like seeing the relationship yeah the relationship of omni-man and invincible kind of like animated up on screen and like then reading this it was very similar in like but in a good way for those who've seen the show like we'll talk about it a little bit so you get what i think but it's like in a good way so it was like a really nice little moment for them um but more importantly there was a midnight backup so i think i have to actually go back and read future state because the Midnighter in, uh, in this backup is apparently the one from the future state future. And so he's like in the present time. And so it's not the Midnighter who we like always know and love. Um, it's written by Becky Cloonan with art from Michael Avon Oming. Okay. So it looks it look it looks really good. Um, but basically like this Midnighter, he's got like this new supercomputer implant and he goes through it and he's like, okay, I'm back. It's great, but this new upgrade has a voice that talks to him. Have you ever seen this movie called Upgrade? Mm-mm. So you should watch it. Yeah, so it's like it's basically it's kind of like a, a modern day RoboCop, a little bit, not really, but like it's got like that feel to it. This guy he gets like this chip implant that tells him like how to like do all these things, stop these crimes, and it takes over his body and makes him this amazing fighter. This chip kind of reminds me of something like that. Um, but like it's talking to Midnighter, nobody knows he has it. Apollo pops up and he's like, you know, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And Midnighter's like lying to him, like, I'm fine. And then he just goes to sleep and it ends. So it seems interesting enough. I'll have to pick up another issue or two of uh, action comics to see like if it continues. I'm a Midnighter fan. I don't honestly know if I really love Becky Cloonan's voice for Midnighter just okay. yet. It was a little too aggressive, like very much like I'm the bad guy. Uh, you know, was it but, like, was it like that, like that, like brooding Batman kind of feel? A little bit, okay. a little bit, just like a just like a pinch of that in there. And it's like, yes, Midnighter kind of goes with these things where he's like, I'm not really like a good guy, like I do bad things, but at the same time, it I get it. Like everybody kind of has to get it out of the way when they first write them. So it's like I don't put it too much concern. Yeah. Like so I said, I'm gonna stick with it, see how it goes. Yeah. Um. So. 
That was I'm glad they put. I'm glad they put that in that book because I I do like Midnighter. Um, I I'm more of an Apollo fan. Um, but I like that they <laughs> I like that they are at least putting that in that backup, especially with Action Comics. You know, I'm sure Which that is, sells. Oh yeah, I'm like I was about to say it's a Superman book. I'm pretty right. sure. It's <laughs> right. So and you know and then I think it's leading into um they announced the Superman the Authority book, and so oh. like. Midnighter okay. and Apollo were like two of the characters who were shown to be on that team. It's like Midnighter, Apollo, Enchantress, Natasha, Irons, Steel. She's back, <laughs> right? Okay, like I'm buying the Superman book. It's gonna happen. So First of all, that's... okay, that sounds like every character you would want on a book. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? like it's I'm like, like made for you. Um, I'm buying the Superman book. It's gonna be yeah. crazy. And Grant Morrison's writing it. Oh. Okay, yeah. I might be in then. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I want to read that. I want to get some Apollo stories in there. So I'm into that. I mean, yeah, Apollo's cool. <laughs> so shady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but um, moving on. Mm-hmm. Next up on the list, we have Black Panther number 24, mm. Tana Coates, and Daniel Okuna. Did you get into it? I did not. I am not a Black Panther fan. So. Same, but <laughs> I really like Daniel Acuna's art, and so this issue actually is the one that had like all the black heroes teaming up. Oh, okay. um, they're like all in Wakanda, just like saving Wakanda. It's very normal. It's very fine. Um, okay. There's not. Like, I honestly, random I can't tell. Again, I haven't really been reading too much of Black Panther, so I don't know everything that happens. I can tell you that there's apparently like a secret intergalactic nation of Wakandans that like nobody knew about, and they're up in space. And so okay. I think they were trying to actually infiltrate like the nation of Wakanda. And so Black Panther actually gets Prodigy to kind oh. of like, yeah, like it, it, this was actually like a really good Prodigy moment. Like if anything, like if <laughs> <a> Prodigy, <laughs> I would say I would say that this book, um, it's on, like Prodigy. a really good Prodigy moment. He kind of um, like does a bunch of battle plans like they hook him up to this machine and he's like telling people where to go and like as things happen he's kind of helping them adapt like monica and storm have like a really nice team up moment like gentle teams up with like the two patriots eli and rayshawn who both show up um oh, wow, okay yeah they're, they're, it's, it's, it's a lot it's like it's a lot of fun like if you like black I heroes in everybody the about the woodwork all right <laughs> bishop bishop still wasn't in it though so like <laughs> Damn, <laughs> it's just like I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's a cop, so I get it a little bit. Well, but uh, yeah, he wasn't there, but everybody else was, and so it's fun for that. Like I said, it's pretty straightforward. It's just like a big fun action issue. If you like a lot of the black heroes and you want to see them pop up, go pick that one up. Okay, yeah, okay. get that. Yeah. Um, and so moving on, next up on the list we have oh a book I didn't read. We have Cable Number Nine, Jerry Duggan, and Phil Noto. Now you're gonna have to tell me about this. This was a book I wonder why did I read? <laughs> because <laughs> I, I was like, why am I still reading this book? <laughs> I don't think I like it. <laughs> it's because it's, it's cable, right? You don't like cable. Yes. I don't think I really like cable. I mm-hmm. so I don't I didn't like older cable, but when right. they like de-aged him, he got a little bit more fun, a little bit like a little bit of a different personality. And because he's felt new. I wanted to give this run like a try. And um, the initial like Gene appearances and like the Summers family appearances were kind of fun. But looking back, they 
just emphasize the reasons why I've been like <laughs> very different opinions about Jean Grey now, mm. um, um, and kind of where she is just is like yeah. it just is her character, um, and that's just not me. So that's kind of where I've been uh, with her. And for this issue, like it opens with there's this like aim submarine that's getting a little too close to Krakoa. And um, Emma sends Cable, and I think he's dating Esme. I think I think he's dating Esme Cuckoo. I, and since, I thought he was dating all the Cuckoos. No, he's dating Esme. Okay. Yeah, he's only he's only dating. I think he's only dating Esme because um, Kid Omega is dating. Oh, uh, Sophie. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Okay. Um, so like um they are in this they are saving this submarine in the beginning of the issue and they like use their telepathic powers to basically take down the, the aim people or whatever. And um cable, like kid cable gets this call that he needs to like leave. <laughs> and Esme is like, Oh, why don't you stay with me? He's like, No, I gotta leave. And um, <laughs> no, I gotta leave. And then he is, has this like quick conversation with Emma, and he's like, You know, yeah, I gotta go off and like do this thing. And Emma's like, He says, Can you like tell her for me that I gotta go? And she was like, Yeah, I'll take care of your whatever. And <laughs> Esme is like, Oh, where did he leave? And <laughs> Emma's like, Well, I think he just told you that he would rather go sw- deep dive into the ocean than be with you. So mm-hmm. what does that tell you? Um, and mm-hmm. he is basically like trying to find strife. Uh, the last issue, I think, is when I, we were going over him and Domino, like having that strife thing where he's been learning that strife has been the one behind. He thinks strife is the one that's been behind the baby kidnappings. Okay. So like Agent... This that like cult of X or whatever they're called, where like they were stealing babies, but then they find out that like one of the people that was involved with that was a cable clone, and Strife had been the one who was like cloning all these cables. Um, mm-hmm. So our cable is basically looking for Strife, and he reaches out to uh, Wolverine and and asks him for help to like find Strife. That if he says no, um, he reaches out to Rachel. Rachel does this like full earth scan like psychically looking for strife and i was like i don't know if you were that powerful girl that don't seem I right say, that sounds like really strong <laughs> i mean she did host the phoenix that's supposed to mean something yes yeah when she has the phoenix force <laughs> <laughs> that would make more sense but when she ain't got it like girl you were i don't know if she's able to do all of that uh yeah. but whatever she couldn't find him she cable goes to magic and because um you know the last time they had any kind of thing where someone was sacrificing mutant babies, it was Inferno. So, he's like, you know, great story. They He goes to Magic, and Magic is like, maybe I can kind of find him. I, we go in limbo and ask some people some questions. Um, there's this weird thing of, like, of Magic saying she's like the Beyonce of limbo. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> yeah, that, that felt weird. Um, I would have, she could have easily been like, oh, I'm the queen of this shit or something instead of like making it a Beyonce reference, but whatever. Um, 
Yeah. Long story short, he's like on this mission to like find strife and he feels like he can only find strife and take strife down with his older self. So he reaches out to Hope and he wants to basically break the resurrection protocols and revive old cable. Um and okay. and he's like, I need another cable and I need to like break the 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 clause of like no clones or whatever. So okay. that part towards the end of the story got kind of interesting for me because of like the whole breaking the resurrection protocols stuff. Yeah. But otherwise I was like, mm, I'm not really sure if I really am into this series. I just don't know why I really keep up with it. Um, well, it's ending soon anyway, isn't it? Yeah, that's what made me think like maybe I should keep up with it. But even this is just, no, I'll catch the last few issues on Marvel Unlimited. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm going to be off this book. Phil Noto's art for me is, I've said this before, where in some issues it's, it's great, where but for the most part, it's it's he has great, like, sometimes expressive faces. Yeah. It's, it's like they're the way they're expressing some kind of emotion, but everything looks very, like, still. And yeah. um, he has great covers, obviously. If, Beautiful art. But his interiors are just, I don't really know. So yeah, I've I've always kind of felt that way about his interiors. I think like his pinup poster work, fantastic. I yeah. think it's a little static, a little flat. It does in his backgrounds. I've said it before; they can be just kind of bare. Um, so I think when he is doing like a very character-centric issue, and it needs to be like up close, face shots, things like that, fantastic. But if I'm want something that's gonna have like a little bit more action or it's gonna have like a big surrounding or a new world. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Love so I am dropping this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's okay. that. Cable's well, cable. goodbye to cable. Um wish him the best though. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, n- let's see. Well next up on the list we got um Taskmaster number five. Now this. <laughs> now, so again, this is from Jed McKay and Alessandro Viti, and I've said it before. I love Jed McKay. Yeah, he is. He he's like an up and coming star for me. I don't think between this and like his Black Cat and the Daughters of the Dragon miniseries that he wrote, like this was good. This was mm-hmm. good. Very very good. Very good. I am now a Taskmaster stan. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've always had a little like soft spot for him because yeah. I just always thought he just looked cool. <laughs> he's got a good design. He's got a really cool design and I've always been very into his abilities. Um mm-hmm. and his I loved his whole henchman business. <laughs> I thought that was so <laughs> cool. That he is truly in it for the check. Like, like I, and that's it. And he lets you know. I'm he here for you the check. Know. And you know, send your henchman down to you know uh, Taskmaster, <laughs> and he'll train them up and send them on back. I thought that's great. So, uh, but I have had never really like read a lot of stuff with him other than his appearances in other books. You know, okay. Um, I don't think he's ever had a solo series before. I think he had a mini like back in the day, but I don't think he's ever had like an ongoing series. I wish this 
had was an ongoing, ongoing thing. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. So, you know, this was the final issue of this mini series, and in it, Maria Hill was dead. Someone killed her, and they basically framed Taskmaster for it. So this had Nick Fury Jr. go find Taskmaster to try and help him figure out who was doing it, and then Black Widow on Taskmaster's trail to kill him. Now, we find out that there's something called the Rubicon Trigger, and it had a DNA scan of like specific people, um, White Fox, Phil Coulson, and Okoye. L and no, Hyperion wasn't one. Uh, Taskmaster just fought Hyperion. Great issue, yes. by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was, was I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, I don't um, know how you gonna take. <laughs> okay. Um, and so like in this issue, Black Widow has finally caught up to Taskmaster, and like they have like this uh really nice fight scene drawn beautifully by BT. It's like brutal. Again, we see Taskmaster's uh photographic memory skills and action like he's calling on uh moves of different other heroes like daredevil iron fist uh shang chi but again like this is black widow he talks about how she has been trained by the best of the best she is one of the deadliest people out there and he thinks she can't die because he saw her <laughs> dying uh, and he, he, he saw captain america kill her in secret empire and he's like but here she is standing in front of me <laughs> like, he's like she just won't fucking die like, he's like so it doesn't matter <laughs> Um, so that was really nice, but like right before she gets that killing blow, who comes back? But Maria Hill. And I just gotta say, this actually made me realize I really enjoy Maria Hill, like as a character. Yeah, like, well, I mean, I like her, like the boss lady. But you know, like since her inception, since her inception, (laughs) Maria Hill has gotten like a lot of flack. Really? And yeah, they hated her. I think it was, I mean, she replaced Fury. And you know how those Fury fans, they're like, oh. they're like Barry Allen fans a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so she, she would get a lot of slack for that. And so, um, but I really like her. I don't think she does anything that Nick Fury himself does not do. No. And uh, I really actually like the part where she comes back and like Natasha kind of calls her out. And she's like, um, you use your friends as assets. You didn't tell us the truth. And she was like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I would absolutely do it again. <laughs> she's like, yeah. and she's like, and it's like because really, Natasha, you know how this works. You know the spy mm-hmm. game. You've done it yourself. It's like, don't try and give me all that. Um, but the issue ends with basically we find out like this Rubicon trigger is this weapon that Norman Osborn used to destroy the world because what else would anybody do? And um, Taskmaster has the codes that will turn it on so they can use the kill switch to dead it. But instead, when he turns it on. He says activate. <laughs> so he activates it and he just walks off. And like you get all the heroes like screaming, like trying to be like, oh no, we gotta stop this. And like his whole he does this monologue at the end where he's basically like, I'm still a bastard. I'm still kind of like a bad guy. I don't like these heroes. They use me, they played me like a chump. So I'm gonna activate this little thing. They're gonna save the day because they always do. I don't feel bad. <laughs> he just like walks I off. Love <laughs> I said, you know what? Let's give a round of applause for that. Is that what it is? As you needed? Yeah. Oh, um, exactly what I needed. I was like, uh, because same. You're not finna sit there and play me in front of my face. Okay. <laughs> and I loved that he I love the moment when he said they're heroes, like they always save the day. They're gonna fix yeah. this. I'm not too worried about it. Um, and I also really liked the way that this story was I really wish this was going into an ongoing, but I really liked the way that this story like wove its way through 
um, like past issues and stuff with the way that it yeah. was like tied to um, uh, fuck, what's his name when he was the guy who Osborne, like that whole oh, era. Yeah. Like I love the way that iconic it was, like, era. Sorry. Dark Reign was everything. <laughs> Dark Reign was everything. Like one of my favorite Marvel eras of all time. Like everything. Yeah, I like the way that it was like kind of tied into that. I also loved the moment when um, Taskmaster and Nick Fury were like driving in that car and Nick Fury was like, you know, um, uh, this is crazy. Like Maria Hill is the one that made me like, this is why I'm helping like to solve this. And Taskmaster was like, no, um, the moment you got made is the moment you saw me um, standing next to your dead mother. And I was like, oh, oh my like, gosh. Like talk about <laughs> it. Like. I made you. <laughs> I know that's right. Iconic. Iconic. I loved, I, I loved this issue. I really wish that it was an ongoing. Um, yeah. Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. Highly, highly, highly. Shout out to Jen McKay. Keep it up, please. Yeah, okay. definitely. All right. And so next up on the list, Excalibur number 19. Teeny Howard and Mark. This is going up and down for me. <laughs> it's going up and down for me. We were just up. <laughs> now we're going, we're clicking down. We're clicking down. So I went through a lot of emotions with this book. Um, sure. <laughs> so, quick synopsis uh, Psylocke 2 finally comes into the team and you know she wants to help them get Betsy back. Betsy's like there Richter's trying to do a spell to get Betsy's psychic essence back into her body, the clone body that Sinister made a few issues back. And they're talking about how the spell's not working. So like Quantum kinda break who is Psylocke too, who breaks the jar that was holding Betsy's psychic essence. She flies off in the other world. Then Quantum basically chases <laughs> after her. Silence. And <laughs> she chases after her and um, basically tries to calm her down, convinces her to come back, places her in the body. Like, it's a, it's a very straightforward issue. It's a very character-driven issue. I think it is actually one of the strongest issues of Excalibur to date, both writing-wise, plot-wise. Um, Teeny puts a lot of heart and emotion into it. Um, I think as a Betsy fan, I walked away feeling extremely unsatisfied. Oh. And I don't say that again because the story is bad. That's but but for 19 issues of this book, we have had Teeny kind of like taking Betsy through this like like you said, up and down battle with herself, her confidence, what she's going through, her role as Captain Britain, her fighting, her powers, all of that. And I greatly appreciate it. I think that for anyone to have a favorite character, you need your favorite character to have a moment where they get completely broken down because they have to have something to rise to. Every hero needs something to rise to. It's like the basis of being a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said it before that I don't think Betsy's had such a deep exploration into her character probably since Remeter's Uncanny X-Force. That was the only other time that you really ever saw. I mean, there have been other times before that, but that was one of the most um, recent times that you can recall Betsy, like, there breaking down, crying every five seconds, not feeling good enough, not being able to do the job, but, like, still kind of rising above at the end. I think this issue was the moment that everyone, I won't need to speak for everyone, that I expected Betsy to kind of, like, have that breakthrough moment because that's kind of what's been presented to us in mm-hmm. in the story. <laughs> um, but we hit issue 19, and once again, 
Betsy walks away kind of with nothing. I think Psylocke, too, was the star of the issue. She walks away kind of coming to terms with the entire body swap. She kind of comes to terms with her place in Betsy's life and Betsy's place in hers, how they're always be a little bit connected, how they're kind of always going to be a part of each other. And they just like know that what happened wasn't really either one of their fault. They were both victims in this situation and she feels at peace with it. Betsy kind of just goes along with it. She never really get into her mindset. You, she doesn't really say anything. She just kind of agrees with everything at the end. And that's what becomes so unsatisfying because again, for 19 issues, everyone's kind of been telling her how to feel. Everyone's been saying, oh, mm. well, she seems very upset about this. She's very angry about this. Like she's hiding out from this. And she has herself has not had any agency in the situation. And so here was this moment that feels like it should have been something for both of them. Because again, a big part of that has been Bessie's uncomfortableness, uncomfortableness seeing Psylocke 2 back and like Psylocke 2 taking her name and like also using the butterfly and kind of being a better hero right now than she's been as, mm. as Captain Britain. And so I think even if like some of the dialogue had just been given to both of them, it's just, but it's just like for Betsy, it's like, no, once again, it's just someone telling her like, no, this is how it is. This is how you feel. This is what it should be. And she's just like, okay. And so it's like, when is she finally going to actually start leading some of these conversations instead of reacting to them? And so for that, it was just like, ugh, it's been a long journey. It's been one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's very been long one. journey. I don't think I want to be a part um, of it anymore. <laughs> but again, I mean, so, and you know, I'm trying not to be too critical of it because there is still one issue left of this arc. So, you know, we find out that the when Betsy's new clone body was attacking the team beforehand, it was actually Malice, who was like her choker was in Betsy, or I'm gonna assume Sinister put her there somehow. Um, and so she like took over the body, but when they put her back in it, Malice was cast out and then she ran to uh, Krakoa. So now the next issue is they're gonna be like on Krakoa looking for her. I think this could be the potential place where Teeny kind of has Betsy like once again. Wait, how, playing... did, how did Malice get into Rogue? She was trying to go into Rogue. When Betsy coughed, to go into Rogue. Yeah, Got when it. Betsy like coughed up the necklace, she was trying to like go into Rogue. Oh, got um, it. I thought she was initially just coming out of Rogue. Yeah, no. Um, got it. Got again, it. like, that's something that the art could have showed a little the bit. The art, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, next issue could be the one where Betsy... As a Betsy fan, like what I'm looking forward to in the next issue is that could be the one where Betsy kind of like steps up and is like, okay, we got Psylocke 2's POV of this. Now here's mine as we like go in and try and find Malice. So let me save the day and be the hero that I'm supposed to be. So like that could absolutely still happen. I don't know if I'm actually believe it will, but uh -huh. again, I'm going to stick. This book has me for two more issues. <laughs> I'm mm. definitely going to buy the next issue because I want to see how this all ends up. I've been saying that, again, I understand the journey that Teeny is trying to take Betsy on. It's just very up and down, and it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, all right, I don't even mind that she's still sad. I just mind that she can't say anything about why she's sad. It's just like I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for these character moments, and they're just not happening. And it's like the way the story is kind of told, you kind of have to pull teeth to like mm. get to the conclusion that you want to and you have to like fill in the blanks and it's like just be, it's an extremely frustrating read again Excalibur is my favorite book okay 
It's an extremely frustrating <laughs> one. <laughs> Your favorite one? <laughs> my favorite one. My favorite one. It has my favorite character. Like, I see. Ever. Like, you yes. know, it's, like, <laughs> like, it's there. What am I going to do? Um, but I want to see how it ends. And then it definitely has me for the Hellfire Gala issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, we will see. Yeah, I um, I won't be long <laughs> because I don't want to I don't want to drag on the book for myself. But I got into this book, prim- this series anyway, because I do like Betsy, um, and um, like I was always a fan of her during like that Outback era. Betsy is probably my favorite of hers. Um, back when, before she became like the sexy ninja girl and I thought that as we got in more into Excalibur we were going to explore more of her and um, now that she's come away from the whole like sexy ninja girl motif and she was back in her original body but I don't know I just I realized that like I don't care about Excalibur so like yeah. I, I don't think I anyone don't does at this point other world <laughs> or any of that shit I don't care about any of that I don't care about um the mad the mutant magic it didn't turn out to be like kind of what I thought it was going to be um like it, it becoming this whole like synergy thing to me feels like I don't know I think my thing with mutant magic <laughs> I think my thing with mutant magic is I don't mind it I still like the concept I think it's still I think again, Teeny kind of, like, relies too much on the reader to, like, do the work of, like, how it works and what it should be doing, instead of letting the characters explain that a little bit more. Even, like, when we had Richter, like, yelling about why his spell didn't work. It's why does it matter where they are? Like, who's kind of the basis of that? Those are still things we don't know, and we're still kind of waiting on answers for. Richter is a whole new character. Yeah, he's awful. He's, like, actually my least favorite part of the book. Um, <laughs> like, but I, I also, <laughs> but I also think my thing with mutant magic is that once we kind of realize that mutant magic, mutant technology, mutant synergy, all of these like different names are just mutants using their powers together, it kind of lost. Like in my opinion, I think all of them just kind of lost their luster. Like it sounds cool. Like in the beginning, it's a very nice concept. It's a different way to use it, but it's like let's call a spade a spade. It's just mutants like combining their powers, which They're is great. Here. <laughs> which is like great and cool and it's like fun to see and I appreciate the name but it's like you don't have to do so much work to make this work it's a very simple <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like Richter shouldn't be like fasting and struggling and like doing all of this stuff to read all these books like combine your powers do whatever you need to do <laughs> you don't have to go through this whole like grimoire thing and all of that like I don't know I feel like we could have we could have gotten here a lot faster yeah, so um, that's that. Again, I I think I and think the so issue like outside of that stuff, like then mm-hmm. the Betsy stuff was what was kind of keeping me into the book because I yeah. wasn't so much into the Excalibur stuff. But even that for me has been just kind of flat. Like I know that this has been something that she has always like worked towards. She wants to be Captain Britain, but I feel like now I want to hear more about what this all means from her and. Exactly. All we've got, we've ever gotten is everybody telling her as how she's supposed to feel, or random characters from the '90s who haven't progressed yet sitting around doing nothing. That's wow. all. That's what the rest of the team is. A bunch of characters from the '90s who haven't done anything since. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <I'm> truly. <laughs> I mean. 
I, I, you're not wrong. I'm not. We're in a whole new era, and it's time to like push these characters forward. And they just, they're just like sitting the around team, doing nothing. The whole team could be like, <laughs> honestly, this book can be repurposed into a. It can honestly still be called Excalibur, but you'll, if they're not named Braddock, they don't need to be in the book. Right. Betsy, Brian, Megan, Maggie, and Jamie. That's really all the book needs. <laughs> yeah, <we guess. laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like you can maybe bring in like a couple of other like magically attuned mutants or something like that. I wouldn't mind a pixie showing up every now and again. Um, but a Betsy solo then at that point, just do that. Yeah. <laughs> This would I agree. probably be a better book if it was just a Betsy solo. And agree. And I think that's where Teeny shines. Like again, like this was a great issue for Psylocke too. Like because it was Teeny was focused on like one single character. And a, again, and this is where I say it kind of feels frustrating because I think about the moment where she like runs out with the star, Starlight Sword, mm-hmm. and you know Betsy is like taking in her body again and they have this moment where she's like i know you're not really the person who's gonna like take my body for your own game like that's not who you are that's not what you're about use my body it's like when she pops back through and she's holding the starlight sword it just feels like a moment for her like Mm. where's betsy oh because betsy's supposed to because the sword is purple (laughs) and she's like oh temporarily i'm both it just looks like you and that's and that's something where i (laughs) say and that's something where i say i feel like the art would have helped a little bit because you could have, um, like, if, if when she came through, if the hair was, like, dark purple again, you know what I'm saying? Oh, to just yeah. kind of, like, give that little call back together, together and conjoined. It's just, like, it just did not feel like a moment for Betsy, and that's what it was touted at. So it's, like, again, I think Psylocke 2 has had an amazing character journey from Fallen Angels to Hellions to now. She feels complete. She feels yeah, different. Yeah. She feels new. <laughs> like, and I think about her as a character, it's interesting because she is the assassin. Like, she's done all this stuff. She's kind of at a point right now, I feel like, where she just wants to chill. Like, if her daughter came back and you got Graco and her and you got to let them live on Krakoa just doing nothing, just being happy together, they would be fine. Yeah. Betsy would not be fine with something like that. And I think that that, that is a very distinct difference in their characters that I'm so happy I can, like, very clearly see. Like yes. these are two different women now, and it's like mm-hmm. that is great. That's great. so. Do you do you feel like Betsy has come away from that whole assassin motif? Then that whole thing. Yeah. Yes, but I feel like she, they were trying to move her. Like even before she switched back, or she, before she became Captain Britain, like they were trying to move her away from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they had put the X Force days behind her a little bit. She was like trying to find redemption. She was um, trying to be the hero again. When she was with, on Magneto's team, her whole thing was like, I'm tired of like killing. I'm tired of being this hero of the shadows. Like yeah. I'm working for you to do good, but it's just not working. And, and then, she was more there to like watch him to make sure that he didn't like, you know, step out of line. It, yeah, the rest she, of the team. yeah, she was like, she was like, I don't care. She's like, I'll do it. She's like, but I don't want to. But that's always kind of been Betsy's thing anyway. She like struggles with that aspect. So it's like, it's fine. Again, I think the story of Excalibur and what it's doing and breaking her down and like her kind of struggling with being this open hero that is Captain Britain, where you can't do things like sneak around and like shank somebody with your psychic knife. Uh, you have to be like out in the public eye. You have to be this representative for people, even if you don't want to be it. It's great. I just think I would like a little bit more payoff. And again, it's it's not I don't need her to like jump from sad to like bad bitch in ten seconds. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. I've been reading Immortal Hulk for however many issues, and Bruce is still sad. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bruce is still sad and suffering. However, we know that because he's talking about it. Like, he's saying it. You're getting those character moments, and that's what's keeping you invested. It's just getting a struggle to, like, stay invested in something that I have to keep creating myself. Ooh. All right, that was a word. <laughs> <sighs> so that was Excalibur 19. Um, come back for issue 20. The team will be fighting Malice. I do like Malice. I think she's a very interesting villain. We'll see what happens. You know I have a very interesting um, uh, Oh, you do? Because <laughs> of Lorna. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot all about that. Yeah. My, oh, that's right. Malice, Malice has taken over both of my top two favorite characters. And she, both times, both times, all it did was just show how bad ass <laughs> my paper. That's all it is. Malice, 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 and Proteus were like always good to like just remind you that these characters are powerful. Yeah. <laughs> gonna, because they're gonna take over your powers and use them better than you, and just gonna be like, oh, it's like I'll never forget during the Necrotia arc when uh, Proteus took over Husk, and he was like, I don't like this power. It's ugly. It's random. But like it's effective, and he has he makes her go to some form where she starts like shooting off fire glass. It's like oh, okay, yeah, she's yeah. cool. She's not, but she's cool. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so to round us off with the comics of the week this week, I guess is Guardians of the Galaxy number twelve. Yes. Al Ewing <laughs> and Juan Cabal. <laughs> I'm at a point where I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. This is like Immortal Hulk territory for me. Like, it's good. It's I don't know what you Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you want to say. Like, pick it up. Like, I am a little, yeah. like, I'm a little upset because Wonka Ball is, like, leaving the book for the next few issues. So, <laughs> no, okay. So, the book is fantastic. I'm just going to go to the ending of it, where basically a bunch of scrolls come up to the Guardians, and they're like we have to change the way you guys work. It's not effective anymore. And so they was, thought they were going to shut them uh, down. It was uh, Kalark, Super Scroll. He's like... Oh, what? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't really... You know the scrolls. I'm not but you know, that. it's all... But it's like... He, like, rep... Like, is the scroll rep, but, like... Uh, what's his name? Your boy's husband is the leader of the Kree Scroll Empire now. Yeah. You don't care about uh, him. <laughs> so... <laughs> so he pops down. He's like, you know, the Guardians got to, like, do a little bit better. And so they think Autumn, Nova's like, you can't shut us down. He's like, what is that going to do for anybody? Like, no. And so the ending of the book kind of shows, like, a big splash page of the new team. The Guardians are, are like, working in the Galactic Council of some sort, it seems like. And the, brand, <laughs> the roster has expanded a little bit. So we see, like, Adam Warlock in there. Um and so for the next few issues, we see that it's going to be even bigger. We see that folks like Wiccan and Hulkling are going to be on the team. But we have a new artist for that arc. So I don't know if Juan Cabal is just taking a break, but he needs to come back. Because the fact that Wiccan wasn't in that splash page with all the other new team members drawn by Juan Cabal, I'm, like, very upset. And if I don't get a Juan Cabal Wiccan, I'm going to, like... That splash page is what actually made me realize, um, you know, I usually am in that that super powered space like not quite cosmic but definitely not like a true level but yeah. i was like should i get it more into the cosmic books i've read a lot of them but i feel like i haven't read a lot of like the long standing runs for people like you should, uh, that, you should that splash makes me think should i get into nova i feel like i feel like nova i feel like nova's a character you like. like yeah <laughs> yeah that but i don't know like if i would really i don't know if i would like nova 
as much as I may like the core or someone in the core. Um, I don't know how big of a, I don't know if they've ever taken Nova to the Green Lantern route where there was like a, this expansive core and like you can pick your favorite one kind of thing, or if they yeah. always just focused on a Richard Ryder. But I think I want to get into like Nova and more of the cosmic characters. You should. Tell me how this is also made me realize just how powerful uh, Moon Dragon is. I feel like I understand her like telepathy. <laughs> like is that, is, that was the, the dragon of the moon, baby. Yes, she came yes. out. She came out like beautiful yes. again and again. And like the art, this is a showcase and like how good Wonka Ball's art is because the way he like made all of those pages look from like when she was transforming to when she like trapped them in the psychic prison to when like uh, Novar, Star Lord. And Moon Dragon like combine their powers together to make like the black hole bullet like yes yes when when this is a movie the way the bullet like sh- was combined and shot over like the way that he mapped out those pages was really dope the way that Moon Dragon used her telepathy to trap that Olympian in Groot's head and the way that it like. <laughs> like transformed into I am Groot was so cool. It was sick. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. That, this was my comic book of the week. Hands down. Yeah. Like, yeah. You gotta go. People gotta go pick it up. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else you want me to say. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what else to say really about this. It was really great. They fought all of the um, Olympians. They obviously won at the end. Um, no major casualties. The best part was for me was the expansion of them at the end you know i love a rotating roster (laughs) i love i love a rotating roster um so i'm excited to see like where the whole like team goes it looks like they are gonna have two quasars because it looks like i think both are there the girl and the guy i don't really know too much about the quasar so sorry i don't know but they have like they have the like bands that basically give them like green lantern like powers Almost like exactly kind of like Green Lantern powers. <laughs> um, I don't we'll know. See. The, the, the girl was in the Captain Marvel book. I, I remember the girl from um, Secret Empire. Empire. Yeah. And she like was in a coma or something, and Carol was like crying to her. But again, I, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It was. I'm not into it. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. <laughs> but definitely, pick this book up, y'all. It's really great. Um, Absolutely. Let's say, that was it. it. That was it. But those are the books of the weeks. Let's go ahead. Let's take a little break. We'll come back. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right, y'all. Welcome back to another rewatch. Uh, this time we are rewatching Invincible episodes one through three. Um, so on this was on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yes. Amazon Prime. And um, let's just get right on into it. I loved it. <laughs> I really loved it. You know, this was based off of the Invincible comic by mm-hmm. uh, Robert Kirkman, who is also behind uh, The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the Invincible is pretty much just the. I used to like read the comics back in the day. I never finished them because I think there was a time there was a little bit of a break. A lot of you know those image schedules and those indie books. Very impossible. 
like yeah. you, you'll get one maybe like you'll get maybe like one or two a year right. <laughs> like a good day <laughs> and invincible's going for a while but i feel like there was a little bit of a break at some point um like a little hiatus um but i was a big fan of the book it's about uh, mark grayson who is the son of Omni-Man, which think of like a Superman type character. He doesn't have laser vision or anything like that, but he's like super strong, can fly really fast, all that kind of stuff. And he's this big known superhero on Earth. Uh, It is the story of his son, uh, Mark Grayson, and how his powers are starting to like develop and he's like super excited. He's always wanted to be a superhero like his dad. It's never been a, a secret to him uh, that his dad was a superhero. He kind of told him about it like pretty early on because he knew that at some point his son was <laughs> going to have powers. Okay. Um, Go ahead. And this cartoon or this animated series, I should say, is uh, pretty much just like a, a complete adaptation of that. And I completely was blown away by it. I loved all of the voice acting. Um, Mark Grayson is being voiced by Stephen Young, who is mm. the I forget who he played in um, The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. He plays yeah. Glenn. Oh yeah, Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's just was I think he's nominated for an Oscar in Minari. Was that the name? Of the yeah, movie? I think the yeah. name. I think that was the name of the movie. Yeah, or Macari or something like that. I don't know. Um, either way, talented guy. Um, okay. Really enjoyed him as the voice actor here. And, um, yeah, so th- we get the first three episodes. This first episode opens with the uh, Guardians of the Globe, who are pretty much, like, it seems like every, every like, comic book universe has some has Justice League. Justice League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, because it's like, I mean, it's the Justice I mean, League. Yeah. Like, they are the pinnacle. <laughs> superheroes i mean it's it's interesting now i think we talked about this a little bit last week too it's like do people still consider the justice league like the pinnacle of superhero teams or has the avengers kind of overtaken that spot that's a good question again to kind of bring up because i feel like while we was in the context of this show i feel like it kind of emphasized that the justice league became more of like the prototypes of what a superhero team should look like whereas like the avengers kind of pushed forward that you could just kind of like make a team of superheroes work together you know yeah. like a, a bunch of coworkers mm-hmm. um whereas <laughs> the justice league the justice league is like prototypes of you know what the team what like superhero teams should like kind of look like yeah. um so yeah, you learn in this, I mean, you see in this first issue, I mean, the first issue, the first episode <laughs> that the Guardians of the Globe are in, they're fighting these like two twin characters um, who are like super strong, these bleak blue alien kind of looking guys. And uh, the Guardians of the Globe come in and they use all their really cool powers to evacuate all of the people first, because, you know, that's what the heroes do. <laughs> and okay. then afterwards um warrior woman who was pretty much wonder woman um she uh starts to attack the the two twins they take them out and you know have the big pose of them being the guardians of the globe um so right off the bat i'm like oh wow <laughs> okay yeah like, and that was like the first like 10 minutes of it too yeah it was very, very great great way to like reel me in and like 
get me on that action tip because it was like they did what needed to be done there. I was like, this is fine. And I like how they also kind of made it a big thing to be like, let's clear the civilians out first. Like, mm-hmm. get all the people away, make sure, like, because of course, it's chaos. So what are people going to do when nothing but danger is around? They're going to stay in there and watch. So, <laughs> you know, the Guardians kind of like clear them out. I'm leaving. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I used to think about that all the time. I'll never forget how when I was younger, I was at my grandmother's house and there was like a building across the street from her and it was on fire. And like all these people just came outside to just watch this building on fire. And it's like, I, now when I see situations like that, I always used to think like, why would people stand around and just watch this stuff? But I don't know, it's just something about it. You just go and you look and you're just like, okay, this is in front of me right now. <laughs> that is wild. I'm out. <laughs> it's like, oh wow. It's just like, I kind of want to see how this plays out. <laughs> <laughs> so um we get some of that and then we are then introduced to mark and he is at home um and you see him like i think actually we go into like him and it's a school and uh we meet william who i think was they had a much better version of him being gay in this than they did in the comic um okay. the comic was is a little dated <laughs> and you know, uh, it yeah. came out in like the early 2000s. So okay. think of the way that gay representation back then was very like. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode for another day. <laughs> exactly. He was, now he was gay in the comic, but you know, the, mm. the way it was portrayed was a little <laughs> yeah. of its time. Here they really just made it feel as though he was just a gay kid at the school and he, <laughs> him and Mark were like good friends you know I yeah. thought it was funny when um, they're like talking about Omni-Man who came in at the end of that with the Guardians of the Globe and like helped defeat those twins and they're talking about oh Omni-Man like saved the day and William's like yeah he is very fine <laughs> like oh that mustache <laughs> and Mark, is like, Mark is like you're talking about my like he's looking at him like you're talking about my dad yeah, so, it's gross. And uh, William was like, "Oh, right, straight shit. Let's. <laughs> you you want to talk about that?" So I thought that that was like a cute moment for them that they're like just friends or whatever. Yeah. Um. So we. What did you think of the animation for this? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm try like I, I I went back and I watched the first episode this morning. And um, to see, like, I, I think there were a couple of parts where it was a little static and it doesn't really, like, flow that well. I don't know if that's just the way the style works. It, it almost seems like the characters are pausing before yeah. they, like, do certain things. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of weird. It doesn't, it's not a continuous flowing motion, which is like, oh, okay, but it's animation, so I expect people to stand still sometimes. Yeah. I feel like some this, for me, was it has that very, um, like, Young Justice... Uh, mm-hmm. kind of animation style anyway um, yeah. but Young Justice is better animated in my opinion um, mm-hmm. and Invincible and I, this is probably something that was just more of a budgeting thing um, Invincible could use a lot more keyframes sometimes <laughs> and like the more keyframes you have the more like fluidity you get um, that's yeah. why a lot of like a lot of Disney stuff is very fluid because they got the money to afford <laughs> the, the keyframes. <laughs> so, um, like, I think that this one, 
uh, could use a few bit. But for the most part, like the action portions of it, I thought were very well done. Exquisite. Um, very, yeah. Like beautiful. Like I, the, I was definitely drawn into the action the entire time. Like everything, and I was actually very appreciative of how frequently we got it. Um, I feel like a lot of times in certain shows, it, again, this was the first three episodes, so it could change. But I feel like a lot of times in shows, they kind of like ramp up the action for you a lot in the beginning and as it continues on you don't get as much obviously because they try and focus more on the character development i like for this that they very much made the character a part or the, the character development a part of the fights like invincible kind of has to go through these battles and like see what real fighting is what real war is what being a hero really is about and how he's reacting to those situations and in that you get some really good stuff to see um yeah yeah, yeah. the fights are pretty great um so as you later on in that night, like you see his powers kind of emerge. He was taking out the trash and th- threw that dumpster <laughs> into space. Like, damn, where that trash land? I know I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Um, so he does that, and um, so he runs home, tells his dad that his powers are there. Um, he is he goes off and like trains with his dad. And this is where you start to see, at least for me anyway, because I kind of read the comic. I read the comic, so I kind of know where this is kind of going. Um, where you start to see the, like, temper <laughs> that the dad can kind of have. He was and, definitely an angry man. Yes. <laughs> okay. I was like, whoa, I was like, he's a little angry over there. <laughs> <laughs> I excited you a little bit. <laughs> so like him and his son are out there like training or whatever. He punches the shit out of him <laughs> and knocks the wind out of Mark and um, throws him off guard. Later on, Mark tries to like stop this robbery um, and uh, he like has this heart to heart with his dad about like I really just like this is what I want to do. Like I want to be yeah. like you. And he takes him to the tailor to figure out his suit. That first costume who tra- he tried on, I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad either. I I, I agree the colors weren't to my taste. Yes, same. The coloring was bad, but I did not think the costume itself was actually that bad. Yeah, I liked the design. The colors, well, I wouldn't have worn the colors, but um, I didn't think the design was that bad. And but I also I also wouldn't wear the yellow that he has. Yellow, yellow doesn't look good on my skin. So it doesn't matter. I can't wear that color. Um, I don't mind it. <laughs> I was say, you, you look fine in yellow. Like it works for you. It, it's very harsh against my. You know who did have a good costume though? Omni Man. I really liked his costume. Of course you did. <laughs> but I was about to say, you know why? You know why? That white. Did. It's a prime. It's something about a prime, like a costume that has a lot of white in it with like just one other color. It's excellent. Excellent. I think that his uh, his costumes are pretty cool. I don't like the cape, but you know. Even the cape, I didn't mind. Even like <laughs> you know, I usually don't like capes, but you know, yeah. this time I, I wasn't against it. it I, but again, like he, it's the Superman archetype. You can't have him without a cape. You gotta have him with the cape, yeah. Um, so he gets his own little costume, and um, that the, or at least he's like trying to get to get to a costume or whatever, and then his son. Um, I'm sorry, the dad Omni-Man tells him, like, you know, the difference between you versus everyone else is 
you like everyone thinks that they're invincible when they're their age you actually are and that's when he kind of says oh shit like i got my name i'm gonna be invincible yeah i feel like that was nice to see that he feels like he got the name from his dad you know that's pretty cool um which was something that happened exactly like in the comic so that was nice Um, now next we see at the end of it um all of the well throughout the the episode or whatever all of the guardians of the globe have gotten this call that they need to come and meet up like at their headquarters and they get there and like this scene in my opinion was intense as hell <laughs> like like oh my gosh i love a good fight scene it was just a comic by the way it, oh it was so I, I was like kind of worried about it because I've read like a couple of the Invincible comics, but like I haven't kept up with it fully. So um, I didn't like I kind of figure what was going on, like I tell that whatever's happening. But um, that fight and like when he came in and like actually did it, and he was taking them out. Like I loved how real it felt. And yeah. it was, like it was parents, make sure you, you if you want your kids to watch this, <laughs> watch it first. Because <laughs> you know, I'm not even a person who like really like shies away from gore, but there were a couple of moments where I was kind of like, oh, like, yeah. damn, like when Omni-Man grabbed uh, Darkwing and like slammed him onto the ground, like face first, yeah. I was like, oh, and then like you see that he's still alive, and so he yeah. like kind of yeah. yeah. and yeah. it's like, oh, and then he does it again, it's just like, damn, um, like that hurts, because it's like, and I was just watching, I was like, damn, I know his face hurt right now, like, yeah. it was bad, um, you know, when he got the fish guy, when he, that was sad, when he got uh, Warrior Woman, when just turned her neck around, that was when, and when she was, when she coughed afterwards still, I was like, oh my God, gross. I was like this, um, but I also appreciated kind of like how real it was. You know, I everybody likes to go through those things of Superman and like this mm. character can be him if they do this and that. And like, I think this is one of those examples like, nah. No. It's like, <laughs> he, he, even like your Wonder Womans and all of them, it's like, you can have all that fighting and everything that you want in the world. But it's like, if that man really wants to rip your head off. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. going to do it. <laughs> and you can't like, stop it, them. It, it seemed like all of them were like truly fighting for their lives. <laughs> like, like no, when, um, you know, the, she said to the guy, she was like, it's either him or us. And the guy was like, I choose us. It was like, okay, like, do not let up. And it still didn't work. <laughs> Why did you say that you like um, Omni-Man's costume? Because I really like Impossible Man's costume. <laughs> yes. Which is the capeless, darker version of yes. his Omni-Man's costume. Exactly. I, I really like it. Um, and if they do what they do in the comics, I'm not going to spoil it, but if they do what they do in the comics, like later on, be on the lookout for that. It's going to be really good. Um, yeah, I think that that's going to be great. I I liked the first episode. It was a great like introduction to like the, the Invincible Universe, I guess you kind of call it or whatever. Um, and just kind of following up with like Mark Grayson, I think that it is great to see this like it's an Asian lead and mm-hmm. um, his mom is an Asian woman. I also find like I like her way more than like a Lois. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I where Lois kind of is great because she's like this badass like reporter or whatever, and she's like the one who owns her own like person. Um, not everyone is gonna be that like crazy reporter kind of thing. And yeah. I like that although 
although the, she is like a regular human, she is very like aware of her relationships, everything, like, surroundings, with everything. Yeah, I love it. She's like, oh, I, you know, um, the like, I know that my like my husband is gonna be back. Like, <laughs> you know, if I was to ever be with Superman, I feel like. Would you ever really want to worry about him like <laughs> being killed, or would you just be more upset that he was late? Exactly. It's like, <laughs> it's like I could do, and but then at the same time, you have like she kind of got to a point where she was just like, oh, he's gonna be late for dinner. Like, okay, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll yeah. put it in the fridge. Like, it's fine. It's just like this is who he is. This is what he does. Like, he's gonna come back. Um, but then, you know, I think because a big part of it was when he went to go fight, fight the Guardians. Like you said, they kind of had that all or nothing mentality in there. And so they were trying to beat his ass. And so <laughs> and so even though he survived, you know, when they bring the family in to come see him, like she sees, she's like, okay, he is hurt. She's like, but I know how to patch him up. And like, you know, that she kind of makes that stand against him. She's like, I've been doing this for 20 years, like all these machines, whatever. It's like, we're going to get him better. And it was like, yes, these unknown assailants, that can be scary. But when he, I know it's something that he's done before a hundred times, he can just go on and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like that a lot. So uh, that leads us right on into like the next episode, and um, so we end with all of the Guardians of the Globe being killed, yeah. <laughs> and, and Omni Man pretty much just passes out like there on the ground with with yeah. them covered in their blood. Um, so the next we open with this next episode with the uh, I forget what they're called. Oh, the Global Defense Agency. So like they are like. I don't know what to call them, like the UN, basically. Like, I don't know how you was the equivalent of them. But they have been working with the Guardians of the Globe, basically, to like, you know, around with telling them about the threats on the around the world. And they are there inspecting like what all went down there. And they are all like <laughs> blown away because like it's the Guardians of the Globe or like, you know, the Justice League. You see these these people save the world. From, like, you know, big, crazy stuff all the ex- time. And like, who could have possibly killed them? Even the characters in those who you know don't have powers, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they've always, they've also been their front lines with those people saving the world. Yeah. Even those characters, you would think, like, how could they possibly have died right now? So they're all freaking out, throwing up at the sights of, like, people's guts and stuff. <laughs> throwing um, that was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah. right. It felt very real. This was like, oh, my God, like, this is some crazy stuff right now. <laughs> right. And then they, like, try to secure, like, the bodies and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that that was a lot. <laughs> But I did appreciate the like the realness of it because again that was literally just like it was in the comic. They did not uh, stir away from the graphicness. If you have ever seen, you know, The Walking Dead, it's just as graphic. So yeah. uh, Robert Kirkman is not afraid to be very like real with the yeah. way that the body would actually react to these kind of things, especially like people with superpowers. You know. Yeah. Um, Superman should easily be able to punch a hole through <laughs> through a person. <laughs> like bad, down bad. <laughs> Which we see him do. Um so then there's like this demon who like shows up who is basically Etrigan, right? Okay. Love it, but I loved it. Like but he but he looked good though. Like yeah, his, like, I like his the little trench coat, the whole design, <laughs> the red, he looked good. I was like, I'm into it. Yeah. 
Um, he's basically Etrigan, and he's been set telling them that he's going to come in and figure out the case, basically. Um, and, like, his his deal is something with, like, he's getting sold his soul or whatever. Um, so he needs to help people who have died or whatever to get his soul back. Um, I don't know if that's just, like, Etrigan. Uh, is it? Um, so Estrogen's soul is like bonded with Jason Blood. It's it's a whole thing. We're, they're in they're in Justice League Dark, so I'm pretty sure we'll get an Estrogen at some point in time. Ooh, you know, that might be a character panel. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I haven't read anything, so that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm gonna put him on the list. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes. Um. So then, all of a sudden, there is a uh Flaxen invasion. And this is when things for me took off. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because here was, it, was it Eve? Was it Eve? Eve, baby? <laughs> it's always a redhead. It's always a redhead. <laughs> it is, you know, it's something about a force field that just does it for me. <laughs> I, I actually agree with that. The force fields are nice. They're very because they're so versatile. You can do a lot with them. Hey, <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with being versed. <laughs> um, I so the team team comes in and this is like basically like the Teen Titans and it is Adam Eve, uh, Rexplode, Robot, and Duplicate, and their names are all like <laughs> I love them. Yeah, <laughs> like they're very comic booky too, which I also gotta love. It's appreciate a lot. I love a good comic booky name. <laughs> you know right captain america and stuff like that like those are all comic book names yeah i love that shit so um they are all in and they're like using all their powers and stuff to take down the flex really cool animation that you see from eve throwing up force fields to push people back and doing all that kind of stuff um they actually changed her powers on the show versus in the comic yeah in the comic she has like matter manipulation power she's like cersei from uh the Eternals, so like she could change something into anything else. So yeah, kind of do anything. <laughs> it was kind of overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, I like what they kind of done there and just made it more like force fieldies kind of stuff, which was really cool. Um, so uh, the Flaxons all of a sudden like start to die and yeah. um, because, like, like getting real pasty and old. Yeah, so like we learned robot is the one that kind of like finds out that they were dying because like their time didn't adjust to like our time stream or something because of the portal thing that they came over. Um, so they all end up dying. They, all the kids end up meeting up afterwards. Uh, Eve ends up actually learning. I'm sorry, reverse that incredible learns that Eve is at his school (laughs) and it's, um, the girl, this girl named Samantha E. Wilkins, <laughs> who, um, like, he could never put two and two together, and they meet up after school, and she's like, oh, you were that guy in the yellow that was helping us out, and she, he was like, oh, yeah, you're like Adam Eve, and she was like, I never put it together that, like, we went to school together, and she's like, and she yeah, said, <laughs> when you're not looking for a superhero, you're not going to see it, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. I see, like, it's a word, it's a word. <laughs> yeah, so, um, they like are chopping it up or whatever. You can tell that there's starting to be something there from Mark where he starts to really have eyes for Eve. But later on, you see that Eve is with Rex and um, that 
doesn't go over well, which um, were you a fan of all of the voice acting for all of the kids? So I know there was, was um, um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, I was actually just about to say I did not enjoy the voice acting for Rex Bloom. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> he was. I feel like I've heard a lot of. I couldn't tell who that was, and I didn't like look it up. Who was he? It's it's very familiar, and I can't think of his name right now. But I I and I know as soon as I get it, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, I should have known that name from the beginning. But um, I just do not enjoy it. It's very grating, and uh, also he sounds so much older. Like I know they're supposed to be teenagers, but like he does not sound like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I just I didn't enjoy the delivery. I don't enjoy the tone. I feel like even Steven and some of the other people, they've kind of like changed the inflection of their voices a little bit to make mm-hmm. them sound younger. This one just was not. And it was no. He, he sounds was the big one. he and he very well could be the same person, but he sounds like that one character on um Big Mouth. I don't know if you ever watched that animated series before. Mm-hmm. The the character that like was humping his pillow, the like the little boy that was doing yes. that. Isn't that yes. the same? It sounds yes. they sound the same. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, yes, because that's what I kept saying. I was like, I know this voice from somewhere else too, and I could not place where it was. Yes. It was and it's, <laughs> if it's if it's definitely him for sure, which I think it is. Um I enjoy him there. I do not enjoy him on this one. Yeah. The arrogance in his voice, which has to come through with Rex still sounds kind of kiddish, I guess, where it works for Big Mouth, <laughs> but probably not so much where he's about to be a teenager. I thought it was fine. I didn't really I didn't really think it was that bad. Um, so after he meets the team, I thought, I cannot think of the guy. Who was this? Who played Siler in Heroes? Oh, I wasn't a Heroes fan. Oh, oh, well, yeah, it, it went off the rails. <laughs> so, <it's awesome. laughs> I can't tell you anything about that. <laughs> um, but he does the voice of Robot, which I thought was perfect. He was also Spock. Why am I blanking on his name? Um, in the he was Spock which? in uh, the Star Trek movies. I can't think of his name. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Zachary Quinto. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, who plays uh, Spock in the Star Trek? Movie? <laughs> I could not remember. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, he's. Really I like good. him. I thought he was um, nice too. He did really good. Yeah. He yeah. he had a lot of that like very like cold droll delivery. Um, it worked. Robot. They were poor robot. They were disrespecting him the entire time. Yeah. Like giving him a lot, like it was kind of like damn. Just like a robot, they just feel like oh, you don't matter. Like you're just a yeah. <laughs> they really treat him kind of poorly. Um, and then this episode kind of ends, um, where the Flaxens end up coming back because in their time it's been like 30 years, even though for them it's been like half an hour <laughs> yeah. or like three three days. The Flaxens come back, try to invade again. But the and the team team ends up like losing a lot. <laughs> and of course, Omni-Man ends up coming through and saving the day and helping them out. And then he goes through their portal um, back through the time where they were because they're like trying to escape. And that's where you see Omni-Man just like truly wreak havoc <laughs> and and destroy, destroy all of these people. And and. You you wonder like oh my god like what is <laughs> is is ha- look how like angry and like 
I don't want to say, well, no, evil. Evil he is, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, evil he is. And um, that is also where we get the line from the mom where uh, Grayson comes home, or I should, yeah. Mark Grayson comes home, tells the mom, like, oh, you know, dad came and saved the day, but he went through the other portal. He is um, trapped over there, and the mom is like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be late. So, like, I'll just please leave his dinner, like, <laughs> in the fridge or something. Yeah. Like, she's cool. <laughs> I thought that was great. And she was like, you know, I was more, I was worried to see him patched up like that after the whole Gardens of the Globe thing. But, like, I know him and he'll be back. And sure enough, he did come back and everything was fine. And mm-hmm. um, so the next episode leads us with um, Omni Man delivering a eulogy for the Guardians of the Globe. Um, and it's all being televised. And he's giving this speech about how, like, great they were and they were his co-workers and all this other stuff and we all know that it's some bs because <laughs> he was the one that did what an it. actor he, <laughs> he needs an award yeah something because he yeah. sold it i was like this uh-huh. is it and the speech and the speech was given like the speech was very heartfelt yeah. it was very like emotional like i was kind of watching it like damn like this is sad <laughs> but like we do still got heroes and then it's like oh this man is evil i love it <laughs> i was moved <laughs> i was like yes he's a sociopath Yes. Great. <laughs> Great. Um, so Cecil, who is like the head of the global organization that helps all the heroes or whatever, he is he comes to Robot and says, I need you to like build a new Guardians of the Globe. And this is where the expansion of the character roster kind of happens, where we meet all these other characters who have also been heroes, and we see a Monster Girl who I is like it. <laughs> yeah, she's she fun. was great. She was great. <laughs> uh, cracking those dick jokes on uh, Rex Floyd was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, this was after we had learned that Rex was cheating on Eve with Duplicate um, because Eve walked in on it. Um, you know, men. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Poor girl. And uh, <laughs> the redheads always end up getting cheated on and walking in. I, I literally just had that thought. I wasn't gonna say it, but I did just have that thought. I was like, damn, that's like that's like it's this the redheads. It's like a curse. I don't know. <laughs> that sucks for them. Um, the so they ended up finding that out. They're all at the auditions for Guardians of the Globe stuff. We find out that um, Monster Girl is is not really like a girl. She is getting aged every time that she uses her powers. Um, yeah. So. She was like, I can't do the the workouts that are required for this. Um, you need to change. <laughs> <laughs> the team isn't getting along. Like they aren't just like instantly clicking, which was inter- it was cool to see. You know, I always yeah. talk about relationships and stuff between people. It doesn't always have to be in comics. Like everyone just instantly clicks and is yeah. buddy buddy, and we all are getting along and stuff. It's cool. It's okay for them to have their own opinions and sometimes those opinions like don't go together and because that's okay and so it was nice to see that you know they're a team but they aren't like they just basically met each other yeah. especially <laughs> for I was about to say especially for the characters like Monster Girl um who've like been doing this by themselves for so long it's so like you can't expect to put like this solo hero in a team and just kind of want them to a start following everybody's rules or mm-hmm. B, just get him like like what's his face the uh, black hero when he told him the one that didn't have his powers anymore after Rex Blow kept talking about it. 
<laughs> and he was like, I don't know you that well, so I'm going to assume everything you're saying is a joke and I don't need to like beat your ass. <laughs> and everybody was kind of like, oh. <laughs> but it's like, it like, that's the energy you expect like someone to walk in with. It's like, if I've right. already been doing this and it's like, here's this like little infinite child trying to crack jokes about me, like, yeah, it's not going to work. Who so I appreciate like, that. to be bringing up me losing my powers, bitch. Like, you don't know me like, like that. What do you do? Right. I like, I felt it. I was like, yeah, slap his ass. But at that time, you also don't like Rex Blood, so you're kind of rooting for it. Right, right. Yeah. Mm. He was giving Gambit energy. <laughs> um, okay. And so later on, Eve quits because she's like, I don't want to work with Rex because of everything that goes on there. Later on, um, Eve and Invincible are called out on a mission against Dr. Seismic, which, <laughs> I mean, low-key... He spilled. He didn't say anything that was wrong. <laughs> like, Doc Seismic goes to Mount Rushmore and it's like he's made these seismic gloves and they can, like, cause earthquakes and, like, shatter rocks and stuff like that. And he goes to Mount Rushmore and it's like, why do you guys make this monument to them? These are racist slave owners. Um, <laughs> and I was Love like... Him <laughs> Yeah. I was like, uh, he hasn't said anything wrong yet, so let him keep going. <laughs> and I love the and I love the way like his little seismic gauntlets worked. I love the way that, yeah, um, that they was... showed him and like him just destroying stuff. That was really well done. Yeah, the action in this is really well done, and the way that the powers interact with like things in the universe yeah. is is really really cool and well done. Um, the so he like tries to shatter the Mount Rushmore. And, of course, the heroes try to come in and stop him. And they have this, like, really cool fight. By the end of it, um, really cool fight, by the way. Shout out to Eve. (laughs) (laughs) She was giving. She was giving. And um, they have this really cool fight with him. And they end up, like, rescuing this family and stopping him. And by the end of it... um, uh invincible like leaves and eve is like okay well thanks like no problem for helping you out here (laughs) sure and he leaves to basically go off because he's going to go be with amber and amber um is this other girl who he kind of like met at the beginning back with in the first episode of school and kind of has a crush on her i think she's being voiced by zazzy beats um, which is really cool um you see them back at back in his room, and um, when he comes back, uh, Omni Man is like, "Did you just leave hanging out with Amber to go and stop something, and then you had to hurry up and coming back?" And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and Omni Man is like, "That's just the part. It's a part of the a part of the gig." And I do like those very like father son moments of like yeah. teaching him of what it actually comes with being a superhero. Like it's not always just going off and saving the mission and being and doing something cool and showing off your powers and you know front pages and interviews sometimes you got to do this you got to ditch someone you care about because you got to go off and go do something so i thought that that was a really cool moment between the two of them i also really loved like uh mark's annoyance like as omni man was sitting there like telling him like oh yeah this is great trying to give him all this wisdom he's like okay He's like, I, yeah. I still got, like, I got a girl in the room. Like, I got to go. Stop talking to me. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's very real. It's like, please stop talking to me. Like, I get it. Um, so that was a nice moment. Like I said earlier, like, when I was reading action comics and seeing the dynamic of 
Clark and John versus this one in the show and like how it's similar, but also still so different because Clark comes at it from a very genuine place of like goodness, whereas Omni-Man obviously does not. <laughs> well, but, but it's, I mean, but it's like, it's genuine because you know, he really does love his son. And he like obviously cares about his family, but at the same time, like there's something else going on there. And it's like, mm, why are you really acting like this? Exactly. Um, so the episode ends with um, these Mahler twins that we had seen in the in the earlier. They had been apprehended, obviously, by the Gardens of the Globe. But in this episode, they're in prison, and uh, they basically like break out of prison, and they've had some help <laughs> getting out. And sure enough, that help came from Robot. And of course, um, of course, it did. Look at how mean everyone is to Robot. I would have done the same thing. Exactly. Um, so he released them, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, and if he's yeah. going to be like the the villain there, you know, yeah. the one no one expects uh, to be the villain. Yeah, I love a I love a good double cross. Did you ever play um Dragon Age? The video I did. Game? Yes. So yeah. robots turn really remind. I like I get I get like a very heavy soulless energy. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I'm excited to see that play out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so overall, for me, I'm loving this series. Um, it's only going to be eight uh, episodes. Oh, so, okay. I was wondering because I wasn't sure. Yeah, it's only eight episodes. Um, and starting next week, uh, it'll just be one episode a week every Friday, I think. Um, so I, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, every week, absolutely. I'll be there. Invincible Friday. For Invincible Friday, <laughs> um, I love the animation, love the the character adaptation. So yeah, definitely check that out, y'all. Um, great, great show. Um, all right, so let's take a break and then we'll come back for another rewatch of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier episode two. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we are back from our little break, and we're here for another double feature of the relaunch. And this time, we have episode two of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Now, I love this show. I don't really know what else to say about it. Other yeah. than I love it. And so, in like the broad sense, of course, you know, yeah. there's a lot to say about it, but just like I really enjoy it. I know some people have kind of been saying they're not as invested in it for whatever reason, but I'm all yeah. in. <laughs> why aren't you invested in it I, well you know i noticed mm-hmm. that particularly with honestly this show um mm-hmm. that for the most part when it comes to the mcu i have just been enjoying it because it has been quality comic book stuff but like none of my none of my faves have really appeared outside of like carol um and on my like fave list, she's not that high. Like so, she's been she's been the only one I've been like super enjoying. But like uh, for the most part, I've just been along for the ride, just enjoying it because like it is good content and it is good like translations of these characters on screen and all that kind of stuff. But like um, I'm not that. You only like 
Um, right. <laughs> I don't really like nobody. So I'm just like, okay, this is this is cool. I okay, guess, that's yeah. valid. That's valid. I, so honestly, I'm kind of the same way. Like the Captain America corner of the MCU has been like fantastic for me. I'm a huge like Cats fan. Obviously, Sam, Steve, Natasha, like all of those people, like that's my jam. Um, but everything else has kind. Of, I will say now that I've gone back, like over the last year or two or so and like gotten more into Thor and like Asgard comics as a whole. Now when I go back and watch movies, Thor movies, I appreciate them a lot more, I guess, because like I actually get where the reference is coming from. Yeah. Um, but everyone else it's kind of like my going back and finding out that I love Star Lord and like discovering that has actually made me dislike the Guardians films more. <laughs> that happens. Uh, because, that happens sometimes. You have different realizations when you uh, yeah. read comic books, and you know it, you. Uh, it, it just reminds the characters that I really do not enjoy yeah. those interpretations. But um, this is like absolutely my thing. This episode in particular was really great for me. I think the last time we yeah. spoke about it um, in episode one, we had the mention of Torres, the agent Torres, who's been helping Sam out, and like. I reminded folks if they did know that he's actually the Falcon in the comics when Sam becomes Captain America. And yeah. I, this episode was great because we just introduced like a bunch more characters. Um, we got Lamar Hoskins, who is the hero known as Battlestar. And like, he was not someone I was expecting to see at all. Okay, I had no idea that's who he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I don't even know who the fuck a Battlestar is. But okay. Battlestar, Battlestar was like another star-spangled hero. He has like these like blue pants and like this white star on his shirt. He's like he used to be a wrestler with D-Man. And oh, uh, I know D-Man. Okay. Yeah, of course you. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was so. There's it's actually like a joke, issue. right? Isn't D-Man like a joke, like? A, a little bit, but like they kind of legitimized him a little bit. Um, he was actually a supporting character of Sam during his tenure as Captain America as well. So I'm actually kind of hopeful that he's going to show up in this series in some form or fashion. And there's an issue where D-Man like goes back to the wrestling ring and he like he's fighting um Battlestar. Okay. So it was like really nice to see him. Battlestar is kind of cool. He was he's, he's a cool guy. Like the name is fun. He's um, is he black? In the he's comments? black. He's black. So that so this was the other thing that I realized about watching this episode, how many black characters have actually like been along the lines of that Captain America star spangled hero type. Like there's a few of them. Yeah. Like, Bradley, both of them, and now Battlestar. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> um, so that was like super interesting to see. I really love so my thing is the villains, the flag smashers. Mm. I don't know if we're actually supposed to be rooting against them because I mean they haven't really said anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so I'm that's really interesting. I thought this episode was like kind of interesting though because it showed that Sam and Bucky don't necessarily disagree with everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so like I'm kind of hoping that we'll find a way to get to help them in some way, form or fashion. That would be really interesting to see. I think it'll be a big part of Sam and his like art into Captain America. Again, Wyatt Russell as US agent Captain America right now, fantastic. I hate him. Like yeah. him. Like I saw some interviews with him um where he talked about um a, that his very one of his earlier roles that he ever auditioned for was for actual Captain America. 
that oh, uh, wow. yeah that um, Chris Evans ended up getting. <laughs> he okay. also auditioned for that. So it's interesting that like he kind of had that like full circle moment now where he ends up being U.S. agent. And um, he talked about that. You know, they asked him how he feels about playing portraying U.S. agent, and he said, "If I get people to hate me, I did my job right." And I was like, oh, that's yes. great coming from that actor. He was like, I want, like, if you guys look at me and you don't like me, that's that means I'm doing a good job. So Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> He's doing a perfect job of that. There's, like, a smugness to his character that you just, like, cannot help but despise. And it's like, even if you are, like... But you've experienced it before, so that's what makes it, like... <laughs> yeah, it's just like, and so it's like, I don't know if you ever... I don't know if you've ever had, like, a conversation with a man. And I mean, <laughs> they have a conversation with a man. I mean, just like really listen to what a man has said and you'll like realize how much ego and like competition and smugness is really there and how it's just kind of like haughty and like holier than down. It's like, I'm better than you. And it's just like, why do you think any of that? <laughs> and then it's like how dare you actually have the audacity to believe it so that you can talk to me like this no um and so he does that really well and so i love the way like every time he says something to bucky and sam they just kind of look at him like no like we don't like you um loving everything that they are doing with bucky and sam in their relationship yeah I won't lie. I'm not always 100% a fan of Mackie's portrayal of Sam. I do think... Well, you're the Falcon fan, so or, yeah. So I would take your word for it. I have no idea if he's like doing this work correctly. I mean, like, I bring, think he's, bringing forth I the think, Sam. I think he's fine. Like, I think in the way that he portrays Sam is like, great. I just think it's a little irritating. Like, sometimes like when he jokes about certain things, it's like, alright, calm down. Like, you don't need to do that. He makes... um just some expensive bucking. It's like, I get it. They're trying to build this little, like, brotherly love band like, relationship yeah. between them, but it's also like, people are dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, people are dying. Calm down. <laughs> like, get in the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, so, that was something really interesting to see. Um, overall, I think the big part of this episode, of course, mm. is when Bucky takes Sam to Isaiah Bradley's house. And for those who don't know, Isaiah Bradley was is a character in the comics who also was Captain America. And they he was experimented on in prison. And so like his whole tenure as Captain America has actually been like a huge secret and it's like this big scandalized thing. His um son and is Eli his grandson or his nephew? Eli is his grandson. Yeah. Grandson. Eli's grandson, yeah. The son and his grandson, they kind of um, go on to follow his footsteps a little bit, like in their own monikers as Josea X and Patriot. And so do you think that was supposed to be Josiah or Patriot or Eli who opened the door? Okay, I couldn't tell. Um, I had a feeling that was supposed to be Eli that opened the door. I wish they would have. I don't know. Yeah, I wish I wish like <laughs> I wish Isaiah would have in the background said like Eli, who is it or something, something that would have like <laughs> didn't name. Because I was like, because when he said it, he was like, oh, get Isaiah. And I was like, where are they at? I was like, why are they in this house? And I was like, wait, he said Isaiah. I was like, I know an Isaiah, don't I? And I was like, oh wait, Isaiah mm-hmm. Bradley. And so then you know they get in there and they they have the big scene. And the um, actor who portrays him, Carl Lumbly, is his name. He actually has like a really strong voice acting background. 
Oh, okay. So, um, he has done he's done a couple of things. He's done um, he was in Batman Beyond. Oh. He he did a voice on Static Shock. There's oh, the biggest one. He was um Martian Manhunter's voice actor on Justice. Oh snap! Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Was, there's like a really big one I'm forgetting. Like that was the, he was a Martian oh. Manhunter for like the longest time. So I thought like seeing him again was like really cool. Um, the hurt that he portrayed mm. in the scene of just you know kind of coming to terms again being reminded of all the things that happened to him in prison the anger and kind of like contempt that sam portrayed after they left the house and he was just like how could nobody tell me this guy existed like how did nobody mention this to me uh, uh that was very real and then the scene directly after that where the cops come that this entire scene was just like insane, and um, I had talked about this before in the last episode where I felt like you know WandaVision was grief, whereas I felt like this one was gonna be a lot more about like racial things that would go on, and I was afraid that they would not go there, <laughs> um, or I was I was also afraid that the whole Isaiah Bradley thing was just a rumor, um, because yeah. at that before before it actually appears in the MCU, everything is just a rumor. Um, before it's like confirmed so I was afraid that they weren't going to do that but I really appreciated the way that they did this and the way that they kind of the way that they tied it into um, Bucky and like the MCU version of all of this I guess you could say versus the comic books where um, he Isaiah also just it received the superhero soul serum, which was also received by, you know, uh, Bucky and how he had to, his mission was to go after and come and bring Bucky back or whatever. That was really cool. Um, and just the entire like impact of it all on Sam, like leaving. And he was like, I felt like, why didn't anybody ever tell me this? And Bucky was like, I never even told like cap about See, this yeah yeah and it was like because you know it just hits him like that much harder that oh i gave the shield up and mm-hmm. now i gave the shield up and they gave it to this white man <laughs> <laughs> right and then like and then when they're getting ready to go into their cars and they can uh pulled over by these police officers um you know i am always like weary of those kind of scenes because um of like the emotions, everything that they kind of bring back. And they also aren't always done well. <laughs> Sometimes they're very heavy handed um, in a lot of these like very uh, police brutality kind of moments that appear in shows and stuff. But for me in this one, um, it felt it felt more authentic and it fit their whole like universe or whatever, because like the the cop pulling them over and they've got like all the smoke for Sam. Sam and none for Bucky. Is he bothering and none you? For Bucky. It's right. <laughs> that was wild. I was like, is he bothering you? Go, is he bothering you? As if not only, not only, as if like Sam should be the one bothering Bucky. Sam is Falcon. Okay. How y'all don't? How y'all don't know him? But you are okay with you are okay with like thinking that this white man is in he's fine or like he's like in the green or whatever we need to chastise this black man even though the black man is fucking falcon the white dude to y'all should just be some random white man okay and and i love the fact that when the other cop like reminded him he was like oh even when bucky said it he was like do you know who this is and the cop reminded him was like oh that's sam wilson the falcon the guy was just like oh sorry i didn't realize who you were and it's just like even if you did realize who he was why were you like 
what was the point? Why was he the one who you had to come and get the smoke with? If if he wasn't Sam Wilson, the Falcon, and he was just like some random guy, you still shouldn't be bumping up on him with this. Exactly. Then what would you have done? I would have had to make sure that this white man next to me gave you the okay that <laughs> that I but, still exist. That's wild. Yeah. So I thought that was like really. I I I, I won't lie. I like tensed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think I I think that I'm that's a little bit of PTSD just from life now. Things like that, and like you said, I think it can tend to be very overhanded and just not something you want to see. And again, being a Sam fan, having read his tenure as Captain America and like kind of seeing the police brutality stuff play out, that was happening very much so in the real world at the time and falling over into the comics, knowing it was all going to come, then still seeing it anyway and still just being like, oh my God, I don't know what's about to happen. Mm. <laughs> um, it's just like, yeah, but I walked away like feeling. Okay with it. I was like, well done. We got very well it. acted too. Very well acted. Again, like I don't really agree with all of the choices that Mackie makes as Sam, but mm-hmm. he hit that. He did yeah. that. Bucky's been doing great um in these scenes. Uh Sebastian Stan, I think that he's been pretty good in, in this series. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know, I'm really excited for the MCU television just all the series as a whole because it's going to be such a better deep dive into the actors and like their actual acting ability and what they yeah (laughs) you know obviously we saw it in wandavision a ton with elizabeth olsen Catherine hahn uh, paul batney and i'm really glad that sam and sebastian are getting that chance too or sam yeah anthony and sebastian so how did you feel about the ending of this where it uh goes towards they like you know the the um the black smashers are trying to escape with this medicine or whatever they've been trying to get and uh the power broker men are trying to come after them um and uh they end up getting escaping or whatever and now sam and uh bucky now have to like go to this random like uh (laughs) therapy session in the middle of the <laughs> the therapy session um, was it was cute um it didn't make sense in my opinion for it was awkward because it was like yeah and like <laughs> all of a sudden you guys are getting leaving jail and it's hey we have a therapy session right now I'm like what girl <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> that don't make sense. well well that was why he went to jail because he had missed his therapy session Right, but I mean, like, why schedule to have it right then and there? Like, we can't uh, say, I like, think, you know, next week at 7? Uh, <laughs> she was just annoyed at that point. She was like, it's done. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I, 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 I liked the therapy session. I liked I liked it more for Bucky than I did for Sam. Same, me too. Um, just because I feel like we kind of needed that for Bucky. We, we can already assume and figure out why Sam is upset, what's kind of going through his mind, like, especially for, like, someone like you and I. We are black men like we understand it already yeah. i think there's been a kind of a big question about bucky that was like where exactly is his head at and like if he is upset about uh sam giving up the shield why is it like is it because he wanted it um is it just because of whatever reason so it was nice that he kind of got to explain that bit and give his piece uh i like that they still walked out together mm-hmm. it's like get it out their system and it's like we still got a job to do i love that they are about to go back and try and get zemo now yeah i wasn't expecting them to like go back and like work with zemo i guess to like get this information i was i keep expecting zemo to i thought he was going to be the antagonist for this whole show but who knows maybe he ends up joining with them 
Um, I don't see that happening. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with Zemo? I mean, I'm pretty sure that like they'll go to him for some type of information. They'll work with him in some form or fashion. But it's Zemo. He like hates them. He's going to either try and turn on them some type of way. I do hope that he gets free, so that way we can like free him up for the MCU in the future. Zemo is probably one of my favorite MCU villains. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I think he I was like, extremely well done in the movie. Um, the character arc, I'm super excited to see him again. I like the actor who plays him. Like, yeah, I'm all about mm-hmm. it. I need Zemo because I need Wonder Man. Oh, that's <laughs> it's like so weird to me how Wonder Man has all these connections. <laughs> yeah, it's like all these connections, but like he is nowhere to be found. Everyone, exactly. But like, he's nowhere. And I know that is like so annoying for you. <laughs> it's so annoying. It like, I cannot so imagine. I can't because like even so, like even with a lot of my favorite characters, we've talked about how like the MCU we were kind of like just along for the ride before. Mm-hmm. Most of mine are like starting to pop up. Right. Um, <laughs> Sam's got his series. Um, Echo's coming. Yelena's gonna be showing up soon. Um, I don't know. She Hulk is coming. Moon Knight's coming. I'm getting Jane Foster, Thor, Sif's coming back. Like this is my era. Yeah, this is your era. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, hello. <laughs> Give me something. <laughs> Throw me some kind of ball. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe this will, Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time. I'm not getting my hopes up. <laughs> I'm not theorizing nothing. I, but, uh, well, if one <laughs> man were to kind of like show up, would you be okay with him in this setting of like the cat world with the street heroes? Yeah, because he would end up being like the superpowered one amongst the rest of them. Okay. And right. and that would give him the reason probably they say like, oh, you can't use your powers too much because you end up destroying everybody down here. <laughs> so we love to save a budget. Yes, a budget. They want a budget. I'm oh. telling you. So like, I think that's also like why my characters are thriving right now because I like a lot of street heroes and it's like mm-hmm. you don't need a budget for that. They're not. They're not doing nothing. And when they do get a lot of budget, they end up stuff with like this show because I will say that action scene with the, the flying scenes of all of Falcon He's is like good. really well done. He's really <laughs> good. you can tell you can tell like Mackie is a lot more comfortable on the wires and stuff too. Like Definitely. he flows. He, he <laughs> yeah, like it's like it's so good to see the fight on the truck with the black mm-hmm. fighters. I was embarrassed. I won't lie. Like I know Steve was rolling around in his grave. Yeah, and that's on like and that's on like everybody. That was on like Sam. That was on Bucky. That was on uh, U.S. Agent. That was on Battlestar. Like y'all got knocked they out. They won throwing. They won throwing. <laughs> <laughs> like I was embarrassed. That was embarrassed. Um, I did like the move though, where the girl when she um kicked Battlestar off the truck and U.S. Agent kind of threw the shield to catch him. Yeah, that, that was hot. that was slick. That, I was, think that was slick. That yeah. was a hot move. <laughs> really yeah. into that uh luck again action i'm loving it for this series mm-hmm. i know this was only six episodes so i do you feel like it's moving quick or do you uh, feel like it's at a fine pace i think it's i think it's moving i think it's moving quickly anyway mm-hmm. um and, but it but the pace is fine so yeah i think it's a little bit of both of those mm-hmm. um i do think that i would have preferred like I don't know. 
a movie for these two versus a show. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I need six episodes of this type of storytelling versus if I would have gotten this all in one sitting, mm-hmm. um, you know, in like a two, two and a half hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I'm still enjoying the ride. They're kicking ass and stuff. That's fine. I think I get what you're saying about having the movie in the show. I think mm. I prefer this as a show just because I don't think a lot of the deep dives that we're going to get into Sam's character with like his family and stuff. I don't think. Right. That's true. That yeah. That's and that's true. what I really appreciate about that. Again, like, yes, it feels like a big action movie in that sense. And I know even like, again, speaking about WandaVision, I know a lot of people loved it because it was such a um, look into grief for Wanda and like a deep dive into that character. I don't think we would have gotten something like that, like had it been in a movie setting. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so I'm hopeful that we're going to get into that with Sam and Bucky. Obviously in a different way. Obviously we're doing it with Bucky. He's got like therapy sessions. So it's like we're yeah. gonna see what's going on with him. Um but Sam's will come through with his relationships and with his family and his friends. And Torres eventually. Who I kinda hope becomes Falcon in this. I kinda want him to too. I really like him. He's actually probably like my favorite character of the show right now. Like I was I was saying. Yeah. He's 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 fine. Yeah. (laughs) I really like the actor they have for him. Um, So if, because obviously we know Sam's going to become Cat. If Sam becomes Cat and then something happens and he becomes the new Falcon, I'll be happy. Maybe even Eli. Right now, Mm -hmm. we'll put quotes. Do you think that they'll explore more with Eli in this, or do you think that was it as far as the Bradleys go? No, I feel like. I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll go back to the Bradleys. I don't feel like you can introduce that into Sam's life, have him have that type of reaction, and then not at least have him go back. Go back and have some kind of conversation. Yeah, I feel like it would be. I feel like it would be a disservice to his character. I agree. Truthfully. Yeah, they need to have some kind of longer conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Just like even if he just sees him in the suit to be like, hey, I'm like. Everybody thinks I might be carrying on Sam's legacy, but like also know that I'm carrying on yours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I rest on your shoulders. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I think that moment definitely needs to happen. Mm. Yeah, I definitely need more of that. But I'm in. I'm definitely in. I'm, um, I'm, I'm excited for. I'm excited for the like, the, whatever they do at the big finale or whatever. I bet that fight scene is gonna give. So <laughs> I'm in. I'm like, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm really into like musical scores as okay. well. Um, so it's like I have like so many on my phone that I like listen to when I'm in the gym and stuff like that. And I've just been anticipating the musical score that's going to play mm. during that big final bombastic fight. Yeah, it's going on my gym playlist for sure. I wonder. Do you think Ducky? I mean Ducky. Do you think Bucky is gonna die? Oh my gosh! So I was thinking that. Hmm. Like I had that moment because I was kind of thinking I was like so. Because I guess my thing was, after this, what else are you going to do with Bucky? Right. It's kind of like, okay, like, if Sam's going to be Cap, are you going to, like, he's already the Winter Soldier. He's had his White Wolf moment. Um, They're kind of like, I guess, putting his character in an arc where he'll finally be at peace. So it's like, do you kill him also when he has peace? Or, or do you just let him go off and do whatever he wants to do? Yeah, because if he's, especially if he's making a whole case about how he doesn't want to be, like, the fighter and the killer anymore, it's just kind of like, all right, stop fighting and killing. <laughs> right. 
It's just uh, like, okay. It's got to be done there. <laughs> it's either like he retires or he dies. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to I think they may end up killing them off. Just like, yeah, I just. I mean, and then, like, I think, again, when you think about it, a lot of the characters who Bucky is close with are dead. Yeah. He even said in the show, like, and it's like, I only had one friend, and he gone, so. <laughs> like, you can't do his relationship with Natasha, because she's dead. She's dead, yeah. Um, that would have been nice to see on screen, though. The it would have been. I'm actually kind of upset with <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, just, like, a moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to rewatch Winter Soldier. Maybe there was like something I can pull. Did they look at each other? The fight of them fighting against each other was nice. And that one moment where she was like, you could at least remember me was kind of in my own head. It was like maybe a reflection (laughs) of that relationship. But really, it was just the fact that like he had actually tried to kill her before. (laughs) Like, no, you can have the decency. Um, No, I agree with that. That's one relationship that I really would have liked to see. Like, but no, we got Hulk. And Widow instead. We try to we try to ignore that. Getting real low. <laughs> that was a choice. Um, but overall, still very much enjoying the show. Still very much invested. Still very much loving all the characters. Um, you know me. I try not to theorize too much because I don't want to get myself too excited about things to be let down. And I just want to, especially with the MCU. I feel like, like you said, everything in the MCU is a rumor or a theory until it actually happens. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I'm still excited to see how this... I, I'm really excited to see how Zemo kind of, like, turns things around for me. And, like, mm. what he brings to the dynamic of these two guys who are, like, very heartbroken in two di- completely different ways. And Zemo, who is all about breaking down heroes. So... <laughs> <laughs> it seems like... We're creating, right. creating them. Creating... Hey. <laughs> I would not be mad at it. Okay. All right. So, um, so that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, you can find us now online at another relaunch um, on Twitter. You can find us um, also on YouTube now. Uh, check us out at another relaunch on there. Uh, you can email us any of your own questions at another relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me at Uncanny LZ on pretty much most social media platforms. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Keenan Lance. You know, there's a little underscore at the end. I'm going to do the little Oprah thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> Peace.